0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with Junior Renee Bobrun. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to this ongoing conversation that is now in its 83rd episode. Um, if you are a returning listener, as I've said before on many, many occasions, thank you guys for tuning in. I truly, truly appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you and thank you again. Um, today is a very interesting day for me because um, I just watched <laughs> I just watched Dave Chappelle get tackled on a stage <laughs> at one of his shows in California, and <laughs> I have a couple of questions. I'm a big Dave Chappelle fan, um, a big fan. Uh, I think he's emerged as one of the greatest um, comedians. But <clears throat> before we get into that, um, first and foremost, if you, <laughs> if you have any questions, concerns, uh, uh, kudos, congratulations, media inquiries, anything of that sort that you would like to speak to me and converse about, um, definitely reach out to me at whoseworldisthis21gmail.com. That's Whose world is This 21 at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, it is Whose World Is This 2021. That is Whose World Is This 2021? Two two <clears throat> Had a very good episode. That last episode I did uh the um Who's in Your Village part two. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a great deal. Um a friend of mine, I spoke and and I like adding the people that converse with me into this conversation because I get to speak to so many people at one time doing this. That's the awesome thing about this. I'm having multiple conversations with people right now from all over the world. Seriously, I've checked... The analytics, I've told you guys, I don't really check that. I check maybe once a month to see who's listening, if there's an uptick in, in viewership or listenership, et cetera, et cetera. But I notice that when I'm getting emails from people, I don't know. That's when I know that there's an impact. I, I, I'm accustomed to getting the emails from what I call my usual suspects. But then there's some people go, hey, just tuned in, just wanted to say, hey, like your show. Oh, oh, thank you. Where, where are you from? And then I'll go, hey, where are you from? If you don't mind me asking, because, you know, just so I can get an idea. And they'll go, oh, I'm from, um, I got a person that was in a, where were they hitting me from? Um, come on. How did I forget that? Uh, oh, Malaysia. I was like, what? <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a guy on vacation with his wife, and he's a podcast junkie. That's what he does. He doesn't listen to music. He, when he's bike riding, when he's vacationing, when he's tanning, when he's chilling, he listens to podcasts and he came across my podcast. I don't know how he said he was just looking around and he saw something and he, and I was like, whoa, so he's not from Malaysia, but he was listening to me in Malaysia. And I thought, dope. And he said, I'm going to, and he's a, a, an adult male with an adult child. His, his child is in the, in their twenties. And he said, my daughter would really like this content. So I'm just letting you know that I'm sharing it with her. And I was like, man, like, wait, wait, what? Dude, you're in Malaysia right now? I was like, yo, send me a pic. <laughs> like, you know, I've never been. And, you know, we, you know, now I'm conversing with someone who enjoys the content, who's now sharing the content. So now there's going to be this, this, this generational conversation that's going to occur based on this content. We have a man in his 50s who's going to be speaking to his daughter in her 20s right now. Where, and, and that's a very important conversation where now I have gener- a Gen Xer and the millennial to be able to have this conversation based on the content that's being out there. It's powerful to me that I'm able to have that. That's what the intent is, by the way. you know, uh, Pardon me, I was kind of doing a couple of things and once I'm looking at the window and I just see this bird that looks like the size of a small child and I'm a little distracted at how big it is as I look. Oh Wow. Anyway, but, um, yeah, I wanted to mention something from the last episode, just so just to uh, quickly when I spoke about Africa and when I spoke about, um, uh, many, many people that I've encountered in my life that were non-colored people is what, what I'll call them. That we're looking at African, Indian, India and all these brown countries and black countries, colored countries and saying those people need to stop having babies and may, or maybe they need to, you know, we, we don't have the resources. And I remember I looked up some stats as far as that because I've always pushed back and said those people are still beating the dirt off of their clothes with a rock at a river. They're not using Clorox. They're not using toxins and chemicals that are being poured in rivers and streams. They don't have any coal mines. They don't have any, uh, they don't have a Las Vegas. And people were like, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. And I remember when I introduced that information to them, how it was uncomfortable. And and this, this conversation I've had all over the world. I've had it in Europe with Europeans. I've had it in America with Anglo-Americans. I've had it in Hawaii with Anglo-Australians that were visiting. I've had it with Anglo-South Africans of Dutch descent, which I like to call the invaders. Um, I have, you know, and so and they all had that same conversation. Meanwhile, I decided to look up the numbers real quick just to look up because I've always said, yo, um, to entertain a small child in the United States with their tablets and their fists and their that and the third and, and all of those materials are coming from Africa, ironically, while those people get to starve and yet the young American kid gets to have tablets and headsets and, and all of these things that all of its components, most of the its essential components are coming from Africa. I looked it up. Now, based on the numbers, a sub-Saharan African person uses only 6% of the energy that an American person average American does I was like oh I knew that conceptually I didn't know it numerically six percent so the average African when everyone's saying oh when you hear these eugenicists speaking about we need to curtail the the birth rates in Africa and if you believe that that's fine because I could agree that certain birth rates in Africa because of the mortality rate because due to the lack of certain infrastructures, too many kids are dying or, 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 or are malnourished because the parents do not have a way to feed the children. If that's the premise that someone's using to curtail or, or to say we need to curb childbirths, I'm with it. I'm like, you know, we need to have a conversation about contraception in this, that, and the third. But the church is against contraception and the Catholic church is very uh, prominent in, in, in Africa and they don't believe in condoms. So, hey, what are you going to do? Um, but, you know, there's ovulation periods we can educate on ovulation, educate on on ovulate because you can only have a woman can only actually produce an egg during a certain amount of time uh, per month, a certain duration of days or a week or two or whatever. So outside of those times are times for romance. You can get romantical in the the outside of the ovulation period. OK, we can have that conversation, but that's not oftentimes heard. Even women in this country, you know, don't really know their Ovulatory cycle. But in any case, but if you're willing to have a conversation about the birth rate based on that, I'm 100% aboard. But when we start speaking about resources, when America's using most of the world's resources, and the African, as of right now, those are the numbers, people. Please go look it up. We can, we can, we can wrestle because I have a couple of friends of mine who've said that, and I've challenged them on that. But I didn't have all the numbers, but I just knew just the average American kid and what a, what an American kid has on his feet: the sneakers, the rubber, the clothing, where the clothing comes from, the electronics, and how to entertain a small American child. You need the world. The world is you using Chinese labor, African labor, resources from Africa, you're using everyone just to entertain a small American child. And then when the numbers come out and it says only 6%, the average African, sub-Saharan African, excluding South Africa, the average sub-Saharan African is only using 6% of the electricity and energy and resources that the average American uses. <sighs> okay. So the next time someone has a conversation with you and they're talking in passing about how those Africans and those Caribbeans and those, those Indians need to stop having babies. Think about it. The average American child is burning more electricity. If you take all of the seven-year-olds in America, they're burning more electricity just themselves with what they do, with the television on, the laptops on, the PlayStation's on, the wireless headset is on while they're talking to some other kid, you know, who's doing the exact same thing they're doing. The light is on. The air conditioning is on. Everything is on. Just (laughs) taxing their grid. <laughs> and all that copper and cobalt and coltan is coming from over there and those people don't have pots to pee in. Right? Just saying, I just wanted to just wanted to kind of use that as an addendum, the numbers. The average African sub-Saharan African excluding South Africa is using only 6% of the energy and resources of the average American. Okay, not the not the average American. Okay, so think about how many cars and homes and this and clothes and all. Oh, this doesn't fit anymore. I don't like the way this looks anymore. Constant, constant, consumptive culture. Remember, we live in consumer capitalism. We have a special brand of capitalism that says we have to buy the only way. This where we don't make things here. We buy things here. Okay. We don't make things in America. We buy things. We are the buyers. 5% of the population consuming one-third of the narcos, the drugs. 5% of the population using more than than 25% of the uh, inmates of the world population of prison. Here, we consume. We consume things and we consume each other. That's what we do here. Just letting you know. In any case, but anyway, but just in case someone does that, Push back and go, yeah, um, it's not them that needs to stop having babies because our one child is pretty much burning more electricity than half their country. So, yeah, Shh. enough of that talk. Nonsense. It, it indicates to remember worthy people, you're saying those babies aren't worth being around and aren't worth the resources and worth the amenities and accoutrements and living that your kid is unworthy worthy just saying in any case what's going on people i don't mean to be don i don't want to be a donny downer because there are a lot of great things happening in the world and we're going to discuss those and i and I've, i've i've had a conversation with myself and i'm like is my show becoming too morbid am i saying too many am i am i being a little bit too am i am i being oh my god am i being an alarmist you know Because, you know, people are going through a lot. We've been taxed so much emotionally and spiritually over the last two years. Am I adding to that? And I asked myself that question a couple of months ago because I started off the year with happy still here and what we need to do to improve our lot in life and the gratitude journals And things of that nature, which I'm going to get back to because, you know, I think speaking to you guys holds me accountable in my own life because I don't want to tell you guys to do things that I'm not doing. I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm sorry, suggest to to you out there about things that we could do to improve our lot. And yet I'm not doing those things proactively. I don't want to be that guy, not practicing what I'm speaking. You know, I got to, I got to walk my talk. Right. So, and a lot of things that I want to improve on and I and I want to share that a lot of those things with you guys out there for sure absolutely but <clears throat> i had to ask myself am i being am i being um a Donnie downer am i being too rough because i was like that last episode i spoke about a lot <clears throat> and I've had people go, wow, June, I, I really didn't look at things that way. And I could tell by the tone that it, it opened up some things. And I'm like, you know, oftentimes, yes, the truth will make us feel on, a bit uncomfortable and such, et, et cetera. And I, I've, you know, I, I don't want people out there to feel like they're villains. We're all culpable in, in the world that we live in. And, and I think that's why I called this show Whose World Is This? We're all responsible for the world that we live in it's easy to blame the politicians and rock music and rap music and this group and that group and the deep state and the liberals and the right wingers and the trumpers and the bideners it's easy that's easy man that's lowbrow to, to to just you know and that's and that's not empowering that's saying that someone else is responsible for my lot and not you And if you're a true independent person who feels that you have the power of your own convictions, you shouldn't blame others for your lot in life. There are contributing factors, no doubt. And those factors have to be identified. It's like if I live in the jungle, I have to point out the plants that are nutritious, the animals that are vicious. Like I said, I used to always say you got to know which animals are vicious and which ones are nutritious, no no matter where you are. That's how I look at the world it's vicious and nutritious so you look at it and you make you make the assumption you you make the um you make the uh the assessment and outside of things that have to do with weather and things of that nature that are outside of our control to a certain degree um a lot of things are in our control a lot of things are in our control and um I don't want to be a a downer, but these things have to be addressed, I feel, because we've so many of these things that we've been told have transformed into widely held truths and beliefs. And I feel for us to move forward, we got to take a couple of steps and look at how we got here. I used to be a personal trainer and some people would come to me with morbid obesity, diabetes and heart disease. Hard truths, doctors telling them, change what you're doing now or it's over. And they're ringing a real alarm. That doctor is not being a Donnie Downer. Now, I am not sitting here and presuming that I am the learned diagnostician of what's going on in our world. I'm just saying there are certain truths that are on that clipboard that we haven't been told. It would be, it would be, um, tantamount to your doctor not telling you what's going on it would be tantamount to the doctor seeing all the things that are going on with you and you ask hey doc what's wrong hey well you know no, you just you know hey how about those knicks what no doc what's going on with me yeah you know you know man lebron didn't make the playoffs this year man it's crazy right yeah man i hope he go what no so I see these things, I see them. It's like that thing you tell children, if you see something, say something. That's what this is. That's what we do here. So unfortunately, I see that there are many things that we're being told, whether we're in our metaverse online, whether it's our television universe, our legacy media, our, our inter- and intra-generational conversations, oftentimes are flawed or oftentimes lack more information. And I I try to bring a little bit of that. The reason why I'm saying this is I'm kind of explaining you guys. I want you guys to stay along for the ride. I don't want to down you. (laughs) I don't stay along for the ride. It's going to be a lot of uh, situation. And I guess that's why I'm bringing up Dave Chappelle. Comedian, but yet he's been a a lightning rod of controversy over the last couple of years because he has fall, uh, you know, um, he has drawn the ire of many on the woke American left due to his conversation about, you know, trans people in American LGBTQ plus community has been very um <clears throat> offended by some of the things that you've said. They've tried to boycott them. They've tried to cancel them. They've tried to do certain things. And then all of a sudden I see a video today. I wasn't even going to do this video. I wasn't going to do this uh, platform today. I had other things I was going to probably do one tomorrow or the next day. We are still in the year. I'm still in the month of May in the year 2022. And I'm just looking through and all of a sudden a little update comes up on my screen and says Dave Chappelle tackled at show I'm like what Dave Chappelle tackled someone in the stands or a, a, a guest of the show whatever an onlooker fan or whoever jumps on the stage at the end of a Dave Chappelle show and does what damn near tackles the man and pulls out a replica gun out on the man what is going on. Yeah, and then proceeds that Jamie Foxx and the rapper, hip hop rapper, pioneer, one of the greatest of all time, Buster Rhymes, and Jamie Foxx, great comedian, actor, performer, <clears throat> um <laughs> proceed <laughs> to give this dude what I call um an educational beatdown. <laughs> <And so this laughs> you know, <sighs> and this dude is in an ambulance now. <laughs> this not in Dave Chappelle, the uh, the uh, the trespasser who jumped on the stage, which I find which I personally think is a grail. You don't pass that mark. It's a boundary. Performers on one side, people and patrons, onlookers and viewers, and whoever you're on the other side. That's how it works. This guy tackles Dave. Tackle Dave. And Dave. Continues on, finishes. I watched a little clip. I wanted to see the whole clip of him talking, but he says a couple of things. And Chris Rock was there. Chris Rock, who had <laughs> fellow actor at the Oscars, Will Smith, jump on a stage and physically attack him and slap him in the face. And Chris Rock asked quickly, is that Will Smith? <laughs> oh, was that Will Smith? Crowd bursts into laughter. It was hilarious. Great moment. Shout out to Chris Rock, Brooklyn native. Uh, love them but I'm asking um what's going on right now? Is this an aberration? D- does this represent where we are as a society right now where we're just gonna start attacking people straight up now comedians We're attacking comedians now Like that's what we're doing like will Chris Chris Rock get slapped at, at, at his show from a fellow performer? And now Dave is on a stage, but a month and some change later, and he's getting tackled by some unhinged individual. Hinge. I'm just wondering—you know, once is an incident, second one is a coincidence, the third one becomes a reality. Just saying, Dave Chappelle's at the top of the food chain, right? Of the, the comedic food chain, he's an A-list comedian, great, one of the greatest of all time, and Chris Rock. A-list comedian, one of the greatest of all time. Just had this happen to him 30-plus days ago or so. Has it even been a month since the Oscars? Don't know, because we're in May now. When were the Oscars? February, March? I don't remember. But I'm just saying, is this where we... (laughs) I watched the clip. If anyone hasn't seen the clip, if it interests you, go check it out. It's bizarre. The only reason why I'm interested is because I'm a Chappelle guy. I I don't do a lot of celebrity gossip. Don't care don't want to know, don't care who you're dating, who you're mating. You know, I, ra- I actually really don't care about your per- th- these, uh, these celebrities' personal lives because it has adverse effects oftentimes, especially when it runs counter, I feel, to the nuclear narrative that's predominant across planet Earth because people oftentimes look at someone who has a talent that, garners them television access, you look at them as if you're better. they're better than you just because they have a talent that gets them higher visibility. So we look at them as if they're valued more, which they're not because I'll put a talented seventh grade teacher over anyone in Hollywood. If you get to have 30 kids sit there and listen to you and be invested in what you're saying, you are more talented than everyone without the visibility. You understand what I'm saying? So for me, a celebrity saying something doesn't hold any more weight. The fact is I know that they have more sway because of their reach and how people view them because they end up on Television, that mighty screen, everything changes when someone gets on the other side of that screen, where they're not, not, one minute they were sitting next to us, and the next minute they're on that screen, we change our outlook on that particular person. I've had it happen in my own personal life. I've seen people that, from my neighborhood in Queens, that went from being on the bus and being on the train, and then all of a sudden they got on TV, and we were like, whoa, you're on television. Okay. If we if we could only find a way to devalue that and be like, okay, you're on TV, that's your gig. You're talented enough to get on television or you got a couple of breaks and you're on TV now. That's your gig. Okay, just like a cop has his job, a fireman has his job, a teacher has his job, their job, nurse has their job. You have to be talented and uber talented to be a good nurse, a good cop, a good fireman, a good teacher. Right. You're good at acting awesome you're good at singing you're good at playing a game or basketball football whatever boxing but we change our whole everything when they get on that other side and they have a lot of sway so I try to dev- I try to put those people that are on that side of the screen and put them in the same category as I would put an excellent teacher an excellent cop an excellent uh, uh, uh nurse you know Someone who I spoke you know, there, there was, I'm not going to mention, this happened years ago, but someone I knew was in the hospital and the nurse that was, and my mom is a nurse. I have so many nurses in my family. My mom was a nurse. Um, She's retired, but um, so many nurses in my family. So I know the nursing profession, like the back of my hand, because my family's rife with people in the medical field. But this one nurse was remarkable. My friend was in the hospital, the motorcycle accident was years ago, you know, and he was in there. And, and I was like, yo, she's. I looked at him. He looked at me. He's like, yeah, she's dope. I'm like, yo, her energy, everything about her, she literally lit up the room. I was like, she's awesome. She's, you know, but we say things like she should be on TV as if that's the ultimate destination in our world. That's the most destinial. That's, that's where we want to end up, you know? And I'm saying, no, it's not. She's right where she wants to be because someone had said that. I think his, my friend's friend came in and was like, yo, she should be on TV or something. I was like, nah, she should be a nurse. She should be exactly where she is, an ER nurse. We need more people like her right here with the rest of us, not behind some television screen behind bodyguards and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But what's going on now in the public now? But I but at the same time, as I say that, I still believe. That if someone's on the stage and performing for you and you paid your money, you paid to sit and listen. If you don't like it, you can leave. You can go to the door and ask for your money back, refund. But you don't get to go on a stage and tackle a comedian. You don't get to pull out a replica gun. You don't get. I'm just asking, is this where we are now? We are in our second incident in as many months where an A-list comedian has been on a stage and has had someone from the audience that is supposed to traditionally, historically, supposed to just sit in their seat. We are past the decades or the century where you can throw apples and tomatoes at the jester on stage in the king's court. You don't do that anymore. You can't throw tomatoes at the guy giving you, you know, fart jokes or whatever the case may be. We're done with that. So I'm asking, are we done? Where are we as a society now in the United States? And I'm speaking to Americans right now and people all over the world who are Chappelle fans or not. Are we okay with this rail crossing what I consider to be a third rail? where we're jumping on stages now and attacking people for whatever reason. Are we okay with that when someone's there to entertain? You know, this is not, your, you're not doing that to your politicians or the people that are enacting certain laws and things like that. You're not doing that, right? You're doing that to comedians. Hmm? You're not doing it to the people that are all I'm saying is I don't know the guy's reason for doing this because this is hot off the presses. I'm just saying now that that, it, that scene was utterly bizarre to me, and uh, and and especially considering that what just happened to Chris Rock, not so not too long ago within the last month or two, and then he was there and then got on the stage and then mentioned, <laughs> it, um, he <laughs> humorously mentioned, comically mentioned his incident, and I'm going, I'm am I in a twilight zone? I just feel that all of us need to take into inventory of our mental states. Me included. Take real inventory and understand because I'm 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 operating under the presumption that something's unhinged with that person. That person's not balanced. But many of us are not balanced right now for a whole host of reasons. And I'm saying even me included, we have to take real inventory. And if the situations that we're going through are too tough for us to bear, we need to speak to someone we trust. And if we don't want to speak to anyone, a confidant or someone, then, you know, based on your budget, it's easy to tell people to seek professional help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Professional help. You got to pay a professional fee. So what I'm saying is if there's some things in your life that maybe you need to cut your cable bill and use that for for professional services. Real talk. If your cable bill is 100, 200, 100 something dollars or $200 a month and you're saying, "You know what? I need to speak to somebody at least once a month and, and get some things in order." Right? Maybe if it's an hour or two per month, you might need to cut some things out, cut some uh, takeout, cut some entertaining or cut some uh, activities. If to speak to an expert, reroute some of our funds, and speak to someone to help us out with some things that are going on with us. If Because a lot of us, especially as a, as a man, I feel that I can handle my issues myself. And oftentimes, I could be wrong. You know, I'm one of those people Like, no, nah, I got it. But I want people to come to me. Uh, if my friend is going through something, if someone close to me is going through something, I don't want them to go through that alone. I'm like, yo, just, just, just talk to me. And I'm one of those people. I'll stay on the phone with you for hours, listening, not talking, listening, and then asking questions and being probing and just trying to get to the root of it. That's my personality. But if I'm going through something, I feel as if I'm, it's not my job to down other people. I'm like, nah, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin someone's day. I don't want to put someone else in another kind of mood with my stuff. So what do I do? I internalize. You know, and I go, eh, I can handle it. Yeah, I've handled things like this before. I can handle it. And then you know, you chin up, and you and you and you walk the walk. But meanwhile, sometimes this thing could be a little bit heavier than you. It's like it's like one of those things you're moving in your house. You want to move something from one side to another, and you're like, eh, it's a little heavy. you may, may want to call on somebody, and that person could be right in the other room, and yet you want to do it yourself, and then you may end up spraining or breaking something, breaking yourself or that item you were trying to move, or both. So. When I see things like this, and I look at the fact that suicides are up in America, overdoses are up, mental illness uh, diagnoses are up, uh, maybe because mo- many more people are going to get checked out, which is a great thing. Not the fact that they're getting diagnosed with mental illness, but all of us uh, suffer from time to time. We, some people have momentary depression. Some people have long-term. Something's probably just happened in your li- a life. Uh, uh, something just happened, an event, a trauma. And right now you are dealing with that trauma at the moment. That's a, we can, if you deal with it in that moment and you address it and you find ways to address it and get, be honest about what it is that you're feeling. And maybe dare I say, write it down and go, what am I feeling right now? Type it, write it down. I like to write in cursive using my own tactile handwriting as opposed to standard text on a laptop. That's why I like to use the journals. Shameless plug. Dot, 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 shameless plug alert. That's why I go to ChavezHouse.com for my journaling and diary needs. (laughs) Chavez with an S. So I I do use the journals, and the journals are very, very important. Sometimes you write it down, and it's not rattling between your ears anymore. Just in this abstract place, and you write it down, and you get to see it. And it's stark reality and, and it's through writing it down and reading it back to yourself and oftentimes saying it out loud that you can actually address it. It's not just things that are rambling around in your head. I can't count how many times that I've had some thoughts in my head that I didn't get out. And when I take a walk and I'd say it out loud, it was it was um, a situation that was I was able to handle better because I said it. So, I was able to give it parameters because when it's inside of your mind between your ears, it has no parameters. It seems as if it's the largest, most insurmountable, m- the most difficult thing to grasp and get a hold on. All of a sudden, I say it out loud and I gave it parameters. I go, ah, here's the handles to this. And then when you say it to someone else, that you trust or whose opinion you trust. And then they they give you feedback and then you're able to converse and it's through that conversation. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, I just kind of came up with a solution with this based on us speaking about it together. This is awesome. And that's happened to me with the person sometimes not even offering any sage advice, so to speak, but the actual conversation just brought up more dot, dot, dot information. So what I'm saying to everyone out there and I, after looking at that clip of this dude, I'm sorry that I laughed, but it was like, yo, is this happening? My mind was like, yo, dude, did you just jump on the stage at the Hollywood Bowl with a bunch? Did, did you just get beat up by Jamie Foxx and Buster? Rock Is this happening? <laughs> Why are you on the stage, bro? You, I hope, I hope that individual, that man, goes and gets the help he obviously needs. I really, truly hope so, because I don't want anyone out there in pain, but we're all going to suffer. Life is suffrage. How much we suffer oftentimes, especially if you're a first worlder, is up to us. You know, Um, so much of our suffering is of our own doing. Sometimes it's just the pinky toe stub and we've treated it like it's the whole foot That's on fire, you know, so we have to be able to put parameters on a lot of our situations that we're going through. And oftentimes we can't do that on our own. You might have to reach out to someone that you really that you that you trust, that you trust has a good head on their shoulders and can help you or just someone who, you know, won't won't divulge your information out to others. And you can just uh, someone who's a confidant that will hold the things that you say in the strictest confidences and just listen to you so you can just get it out. And speak to someone else so you're not feeling as if you're the only person going through this. You understand? That's what I want. We're going to have some conversations about that later on. Things that I do in my process. Because a lot of the things that I speak about on this platform is to get us to see things differently. So we're not constantly triggered by negative stimuli why are we triggered by this why are we triggered by that why are we this is bothering us so that's why i use stark realities ugly truths because the lies will be the death of us all the truth does set you free so when i talk about climate change and i go i'm not interested in climate change until the human being changes We can't change mother nature until we change human nature. We're not going to be able to address the abstractions of the earth and what it may be going through if we can't even empathize with each other. That's real. That's real. Sorry. That's real stuff. That's real stuff. That's just me. I'm I'm not saying that's not just. And many people have reached out to me and said that was real for them when I said that. If we can't treat each other more humanely, then what are we talking about the earth for? We're hugging trees and not babies. Mm. I don't know. And I, so I empathize with my species, human beings. And then I look at the animals and the trees and the bees and the breeze. And I go, man, we're all here. I don't want us to suffer, but we are going to suffer somehow, some way. Whether we hear person screams, whether we hear the animals cries or not, we're going to suffer. How we adapt to that suffering and how we how we address it address the suffering address that mental ailment that's that ailment and address it so we can progress address it so we can progress so we can move forward how we do that is essential so i'm telling people stop carrying these loads on your own i'm speaking to myself when i say that too. don't don't carry all of this stuff on your back you know there's this commercial out there um uh and um, this guy is lifting weights. He's benching. And it's about three plates on each side. And, it, and, the, and, the, and the bar is just on his chest. And he can't push it up. And then another guy comes and goes, yo, dude, you need some help? And he goes, nah, man, I got it. And, and the dude's like, nah, man, it's all good, man. I'm here to help, man. i help you. He's like, nah, I'm good. I got it. And obviously, the dude doesn't have it. That he's, he's crumbling and he's succumbing to the weight that he's under. He can't push it up by himself. He needs help. He needs a spot. For whatever reason, that resonated with me. Why? Because I, I was, and I'm looking to be, again, an, an avid uh, fitness person, an avid bodybuilder, someone who was very much into the gym. I was a gym rat for many, many years. And I can attest to you know, a weight, like, you know what? I might need a spot for this. Yo, you available? I need a spot. And it's okay to ask for a spot. And I've seen the pride-filled people who didn't assess where they were strength-wise, you know, get under some weight that they've never gotten under before and came to it. And then now had to have a bunch of people come and help them now. And I've, I've seen people tear their shoulders and rotator cuffs and triceps pop off, pap, you can hear the tricep just bang, snap right off the elbow because someone took on way too much more weight than they could sustain and didn't ask for a spot. And um, it's okay to ask for a spot. That's all I'm saying. I just thought I'd leave you guys with that for now. And uh, we'll talk later. All right. Bye-bye.